0: Welcome to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Today's guest is the fifth and final episode highlighting filmmakers from the Cinematoba program in partnership with the National Screen Institute. Alice Tufak is the filmmaker behind the film Grand Frere, about Andre Dumbe, a Cameroonian refugee and Franco Manitoban. Alice and I talk about Andre's life and legacy her decision to completely change careers from the world of finance to the world of filmmaking, and the experience creating her first documentary film for Cinematoba. Thank you for listening to the Because and Effect podcast. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via Zoom by Alice Tufak. She is the filmmaker behind the upcoming short film Grand Frere. Alice, thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Nolan. So I've been
0: asking everybody when in this new season of the podcast the first question is what's your story? So how would you answer that if I asked you what what is your story? How did what is the story of Alice Tufac? Am I pronouncing that right? Tufac?
1: Yes. Okay, cool. So it's, what's your story, good. Alice? <laughs> so I was born in uh, I was born and raised in Cameroon, um, and then I came to Canada uh, a little over I think almost twenty five years ago now. I studied first in Montreal. And then Calgary, and then I find myself in Manitoba 14 years ago now. And then I just love the province. Um, And then I decided to stay here with my family. So uh, my background is in accounting, and uh, now I am in cinema. I made a career change about five years ago. What inspired that? I went back to school. (laughs) I was just being tired of doing what I was doing, (laughs) and then never... I didn't have a passion for it. I got a promotion at work, and I knew I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't want to have that life anymore, and that mm-hmm. like made me stop and think about what I wanted to do. And I realized that sharing stories, telling stories, what what I wanted to do. So I went back to school to University of Manitoba to study cinema. And then here I am. That's my story in Manitoba, making movies.
0: Very cool. So that's very exciting. Have you made films before or is Grand Fair one of your first ones or what? what's your sort of cinema history in the last yeah, years? So
1: this is really my first uh, movie. <laughs> and then it, I, I'll say that the program being taken on the program was also what, um, uh, because there was a lot of mentorship involved, uh-huh. so we were getting talk about it later but it mm. gave me the courage to jump in and really think about you know doing this uh full time but this is uh, the first movie uh, i'm making very I cool
0: so <laughs> what did you learn throughout the process what was the, who was your mentor and what did they help to guide you
1: um, yeah, so uh, my mentor was Leona Cran. She was absolutely amazing. She, is, uh, she has a lot of experience making documentaries. So I'm making I was making a documentary, and she was absolutely amazing. Uh, at school, you learn stuff, but it's very theoretical. And then she just gave me real life situations. She shared a lot of uh, experience with me. She shares even some documents, which was amazing. Um, like it really demystify everything. How mm-hmm. do you write a script? Uh, like how do you hire cast? Um, uh, what's the budget for each line? Mm-hmm. Because there is so much that you don't know uh, when you just come out of school. So she was really amazing at sharing information, document, uh, tips, all kind of things with me. Um, so it was it was pretty amazing
0: very cool yeah the the mentor aspect of this whole program is one of the coolest things about it it's really cool to to kind of introduce new filmmakers and just sort of keep keep your skills sharp um so your your film is called Grand Frere maybe just give me the the quick 30 second elevator pitch of what Grand
1: Frere is all about uh, so, the program Cinematoba was a story of generosity in Manitoba. Manitoba is one of the most generous provinces, the most generous province where I lived in, out of the three provinces where I lived. And then when I saw that, I just thought about uh, Andre Dumbe, which is an elder in the African community in Manitoba. He passed mm-hmm. away a couple of years ago because he was just so generous. He was somebody who was selfless and who really helped to establish not only the African community, but the immigrant community in Manitoba. He was just generous with his time, energy, and everything. And he really uh, put together amazing organization that really um, defends um, and, you know, uh, integrate new immigrants in Manitoba. So I thought it was an amazing story to tell. Um, so it's about André Dumais, Grand Frère.
0: Very cool. So, do, is he? Are you related? Is he your grand? Is grandfather
1: French for grandfather? Uh, I... Grand is, is is French for big brother. Oh,
0: okay. That's grand how Fr- it was. Oh, yeah, that's how
1: he was called. Oh, nice. <laughs> so his nickname we call we all call him uh, Frère. Uh, he was a big brother because he behaved like a a big brother. Mm. Uh, part of being a big brother in Africa is also part of being a parent. But uh, big brother is even more intimate because there are things that you share with your big brother that you will not share with your parents. Mm. Uh, So I was not related to him. And most of us like he he had a daughter here and a wife here, but he he didn't know anyone else. But he behaved like a, a big brother to all of us. So I knew him when I first moved to Manitoba. Um, and he was welcome. He welcomed me like he welcomed so many of us. Um, so I I wasn't related to him, but he was. He really behaved like a big brother, and he was my big brother. Mm, that's
0: beautiful. Um. So what did he what what did he teach you about generosity?
1: Um, I think when you first come to, uh, Manitoba wasn't the first province I settled in, but every time you move somewhere, you need people, always people, it's not just people to find your place, Mm. find uh, your stuff, find your environment, where do you decide to live and things like that. And Grand Frère was one of the person who helped me and helped so many other people as well but I I I believe that I took him for granted uh, mm-hmm. because when you first come you're just so busy at you know establishing yourself and I feel like when that's it's when he passed away uh, that I realized that oh actually I know this person because Grandfrey introduced me to him I'm here <laughs> because Godfrey showed me and things like that so I I feel like Grandfrey was one of those person that, I really didn't get to appreciate when he was there. (laughs) Um, So it's looking back and it's even by making the story that I realized everything he did. Um, And the movie was so easy to make because it wasn't just me. So many people were so eager to tell his story and what he did for them. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I wasn't the only one that he liked that or the only life he touched, you know, (laughs) so... Uh, he, he, what he taught me about generosity is everything, like, we know that Canada, uh, when I was preparing my citizenship exam, uh, volunteering is a big thing for mm. Canadian, and volunteering is uh, a big thing here uh, in Manitoba, so it, it really taught me, like, the essence of being Canadian, and I think being generous is kind of also part of being a Manitoban, mm. um, so yeah, like just living uh, for others and giving what you have. So yeah, so he really impersonated that generosity of what generosity should be. That's beautiful.
0: That's very very cool. We have. I've been saying a lot of uh, on this podcast. It takes a village. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. And it sounds as though um, the, uh, it sounds as though Andre is that his her name. It was really, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> really believed, really believed in that as well. Um, so is there any fun stories from like behind the scenes or any moments that like, so he passed away two years ago. Had you already had the idea to make the film or did his passing inspire the film? And and how did you get footage of him from before the passing? Or can you just break down like sort of how that all came together?
1: Yeah. So he passed away six years ago. Oh, six years ago. Okay. Yes. Sorry. He passed away six years ago. And at that time I was just mourning him. Mm. And then just me finishing my studies in film and knowing that I wanted to make film, I wanted to make documentary. I was just looking all around on Facebook, like what is out there? And I saw the, mani- the cinematoba and I just said, oh, that's a good, that would be a good thing. They were offering ma- mentoring. It was short. It was like, it's just perfect. It's just a perfect program for beginners. So I put in my proposal. Um, and uh, I what I can say is that grand frère just came naturally Mm. it's not something i've thought about before after he passed away that oh it'd be good to make a story about him or anything but as i was reading what they were asking about the cinematobat it just came to me that oh this is grand story that should be told Mm. and then uh, every time i will call people to um Say hey, after being taken in the program, uh, like I would like like do you want to interview or tell me your s- history about?" like everybody was just like so eager to mm-hmm. tell what he did, to share the story. Um, so the, the behind the scene, um, I think it's just that general feeling that that was not my movie anymore. like mm-hmm. it's the movie about everybody he touched. Um, like there are so many participants, so many people who wanted to participate with so many amazing personal stories with him that I was blown away. And then I started to be like, OK, this is this is not about me. This is not my story. This is us telling the story of that person who taught us so much. Um, so it was really it was it was perfect for making a good film because you always hear how difficult it is to have participants, how difficult Mm -hmm. it is to put crew together. But it was an amazing and easy
0: (laughs) experience
1: for me because the story I was telling was uh, people, everybody wanted to tell the stories and about archives and everything else. Like I had archive, I had videos. Uh, Because he was so involved in the community, he was president of the African community of Manitoba for the longest time of the Cameroonian uh, Sulubauba Association for so many times. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of archive. And uh, in the movies, his daughter is telling the story. Mm -hmm. And the the family also participated in giving a lot of photos. He was going a lot on TV for one reason or another to talk about the African community's needs. So I got archive from Radio Canada and other broadcasters. So oh, he was, yeah. it was really the easiest thing to do. I <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> I got all the material now. I think I, I just hope I uh, I did a good job because it was, it, it was with the mentoring and everybody wanted to participate and all the, everything I had access to, it was just the easiest movie to make, I think.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm excited to see it. It sounds amazing, and he sounds like an amazing person for sure. Um, yeah. So, have you talked to his family? Have they seen it? What 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 has their response been to uh, first of all, just saying, "Hey, I'm going to make this film about your your family member"? Uh, what what has mm-hmm. the response been from the family?
1: So the family is pre- very private mm-hmm. normally, uh, but I guess they were happy because. Uh, he lived for his community he was a big part of it and then um, they were his daughter actually she was pretty young when she's a young adult now she was pretty young when he passed away mm. and she just knew that her dad was everybody's dad she always took it like that but she never really knew what he was doing mm. <laughs> I didn't know she the just scope of like, it almost-
0: didn't know the full scope of his, his she influence didn't know
1: the- yeah, so it was also good for her, mm. you know, to go and discover. Oh, he did that. He knew that person. That person talks about him like their friend. Mm. So it was, they they were they were very happy to do the movie because they thought it was a, it was part of his legacy, right? To see, hey, yeah, he like she said that she she share her father with everybody. Like mm. if he was not home much. And it was good for her to see that it was all worth it. Wow. Um, Yeah. And then in the process, they also discover all the things they they did. And they are pretty proud of what he did because he was a very humble man. And he was somebody who was not never celebrating victories, Mm. but always thinking about what is left to be done. So if you would listen to him, you would you would never know what he had accomplished. He will always tell you what is left to be done, not, oh, we did this and we succeeded. So it was like a really good compilation of everything that he did, which was mm-hmm. pretty amazing. So all of us, we discovered a lot of things while we were doing it. There were bits and pieces here. He was involved everywhere. So putting everything together, what he did in there. Uh, anglophone community french manitoban community african community Uh, so all these communities like putting all this together you wouldn't believe and his family was saying like he was sleeping an average of four hours a night and that wasn't his job like he wasn't a social worker he had a job but he was a community organizer and that was what he was doing most of his life so it was pretty amazing to find through the documentary everything he did
0: very special, very inspira- inspiring. Um, yeah. So, I don't—I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but all five filmmakers from Cinematoba are women. I'm just curious what 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 it's been. So, you've you've been a filmmaker for not that long, but what's it like being a a, a female filmmaker in Manitoba? What and how cool is it to be part of you know five women are all part of Cinematoba, and and you're going to have the showcase on the 27th. What what's that like?
1: Uh, for me, it was a privilege to be part of the group. you know, you it, that's a pretty amazing program. like NSI, it's a great organization that I, I wouldn't even think as the beginning of my career I'll walk with. And uh, it, it was a privilege to be part of that group. And definitely we talk about bringing diverse voices to the to the table. So it's pretty amazing that we ended up being five women and uh, i met some of the other participants and uh, they also had beautiful stories and i i didn't see the final work but i really um i'm i'm looking forward to see um the story they told like we, we the background we all come from we always have our own perspective so having this women perspective uh telling stories in manitoba i am looking forward to see them
0: <laughs> me too absolutely um, so can you tell me any behind the scenes moments or stories from from filming uh, grand Grand flair? i have a bad French accent. Pardon that <laughs> uh, any any behind the scenes funny or interesting or sad or moving moments from from behind the scenes of while you were making this film?
1: yeah, so um like the I never bought well, this was my first time putting a crew together. um i it's just like, I didn't know that's the way you could put. Uh, I just knew a camera guy that I trusted. It was mm-hmm. important for me making my first movie to have somebody I trusted. And him being comfortable that I didn't always knew <laughs> what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then through him, we find somebody like the person who did the sign. He used to worked with him in the past. And then the editor, because my movie is in French, like... We don't have many French <laughs> editors in Manitoba. It mm. was, I had the choice between two people and the person that I ended up choosing, like it was really, really randomly. He ended up also being very experienced and a mentor to me right now
0: nice.
1: uh, as well. So my story is how I met all those people. Um, and we became, uh, we are like now a working team. Like the project that I'm having now, I'm, I can't even think about anybody else to work mm-hmm. with. So the, the atmosphere among us, it, it absolutely were prepared because we knew we didn't like me. I, it was my first experience. So I was planning to the detail, the interviews, the room, the equipment, like in the very detail what was the end up to be done. And it ended up going very smoothly and they were all amazing people. And now when I'm putting forward project that I'm planning to make, I call them and I'm like, do you want to be there? And they say, absolutely. So it was just the most amazing experience (laughs) working with them, uh, all of us working together and we really like past like professionals. (laughs) which we are now right and you know so it was uh that that was like just you know even last minute oh that person can see us last minute are you good to go and they were good to go and they were understanding and they were also touched by the stories Mm. like they didn't know him but he was like oh this was an amazing person and then at the end of the day all of us we were like oh uh, i think we need to do more for our communities like he inspired us (laughs) just looking through everything he did was like oh I think I think all of us can do a little bit more you know to make our community better this is the kind of impact you have I think it's worth making it so the the story changes us making the story all changes us and wanted us to be better people and more giving people which we try to do. (laughs)
0: Like that's exactly what
1: your hope the hope is right when you make
0: a film I'm so excited to see this that's very excited uh so if you could just summarize your experience in Cinematoba with your mentor how would you describe it
1: it was for me was the best first experience somebody could have it was the first because as a new filmmaker you why you hesitate is that you know what you're supposed to do in theory but practically you don't just don't know and having somebody a program first to finance you uh, for the project, I didn't have to look for financing. And then having a mentor uh, to help for everything, putting the budget together, hiring the crew, giving feedback on the script, write the editing, everything. It was just the most the most amazing experience for me, especially for for, for first experience to do cinema. Uh, so, I'm really thankful to the Winnipeg Foundation and to NSI and people who run the program, like Cam uh, Bennett, Leon Akran, and uh, all the other women I work with. So, it, it was just for me the most amazing experience. I could not have wished for better. And everything went smoothly like everything. The calendar was great. Um, I, I had feedback timely uh, everything was just uh, amazing I, I only have good things to say about the program and how it went for us <laughs>
0: that's so great to hear thank you that's that's so wonderful so at the end of our time together on the uh the cause and effect podcast we do a little segment called just because where it's seven questions about the causes you care about and the effect that it's had on your life thus the term the cause and effect are you okay to go through those seven Yep. Okay, so question one. What is the very first cause that you ever remember caring about?
1: Uh, I think for me, it was uh, African, young African uh, children living in pro- mm. poverty. <laughs> it was funny because uh, I first came to Canada, I, I I didn't know Africa the way they presented it here in the media, like poverty mm. and things like that and i saw a commercial of world vision with african children <laughs> so poor and and i was like no this is not right we have to do something about it <laughs> yeah so that was my first cause poverty children poverty very very that very... was the first cause that i i shed tears over <laughs> very important obviously yeah so question
0: 2 if money and politics and logistics were no issue at all you could just snap your fingers and something would happen what would you do in support of your your cause
1: um what i can you please refresh sure. <laughs> as so, the question again sorry yeah
0: basically if if there was no limits on anything you can do you could just snap your fingers and make a wish and something would happen what would you do in support of the cause that you care about
1: yeah i think uh with all the resources that we have in the world it doesn't make sense that we have poverty Like it's not like we don't have the capacities, ability or resources. Nobody anywhere in the world should go hungry, should not have resources to go to school or things like that. So I I really don't know what needs to be done more, uh, but that's something that shouldn't exist. We have everything we need to end poverty with children or anyone. So yeah. that's will be something that I wish would just be solved yeah. so that we can go on, do other better things for the world. We should not be thinking about poverty nowadays. Exactly.
0: There's enough to go around. There's enough room yeah. for people to have houses. There's enough, every- yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, question three. So what what is the biggest stigma about, like why, why do you think that we still have poverty when we have enough stuff? Like what, what's the biggest stigma surrounding that?
1: Um, there is, I don't think it's just one thing. Um, Mm. there is that maybe idea that some people are more deserving than others. Some Mm. also maybe some things that if people don't have it is because they don't work enough to have it or not. And it's also the fact that people don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it doesn't change anything in their life. So why would they do something about it? Um, I think it's a mix of that and other thing like prejudice, you know, um, there is a lot of things, um, which is too bad, yeah. you know, talking about it, it's a good way to try making people care yeah. and, you know, try and to think about it and change that. So, yeah.
0: And making films about big brothers that are generous, you
1: know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, as an African person, there's a lot of prejudice to, um, black skin There's a lot of prejudice like um, so talking about stories of why i come from is mm-hmm. part of you know the solution Very it's well just said. people trying to have a good life period yes beautiful so
0: you talked about how andre didn't share his victories but the next question is what's a recent victory for you that you can share with us
1: um, You know, uh, I think Cinematoba and the success I've had with it gave me the courage to go out more and look for more projects and wow. do more submission for with other projects. So okay. I have actually a lot of projects <laughs> I'm working on with different broadcasters. Awesome. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. So that's what I'm doing full time now. By the time I applied for Cinematoba, I wasn't a filmmaker full time. I was still working somewhere but I quit all that and that's my victory like the courage to say hey I can do this and to make all those submissions and have them work like I'm in development for a five project right now you're so doing it pretty amazing you're doing <laughs> it so
0: congratulations that's so cool that makes yeah. me so happy uh question five what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given in your life
1: uh to do something I liked mm. For me, it's not the best for everybody, but for me, I'm I'm the oldest in my family, the first girl. Like I have an older brother, but you know, in African society, women always carry uh, a bigger burden than men. Mm. So I am the first uh, girl in my family and I was always taught to do the right thing, do what is needed. Um, so I always acted out of duties instead of act of passion. Mm. And it's only when I, I got older that I, I understood that the best way you can contribute is to follow your passion. By following your passion, you can really help people because you will do what you're doing with all your heart. Uh, but if you're just doing things out of duty, it's hard to give the best of yourself. So that's really what changes me. And I got that advice when I went back to university and I was studying English. And yeah, it was just like living your passion is the best way uh, to, to be useful, you mm-hmm. know, because you can give the best of yourself. You can contribute your best. It's not about doing what is expected of you, but really living your passion
0: you can be more effective doing the things you love because you're always going to want to wake up and do it. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. said. So well said. I love it. Uh, So staying on the advice train, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self if you could go back in time and and talk to her?
1: That would be that advice I would give. I will give myself. like to do. Yeah, that's what I tell my kids. You have Mm -hmm. to do what you like. You have to do. You have to do what you like and not, you know, you can't leave based on people's expectation of of you. You will never be your best person. You will never be the best contributor. Like in a society, we talk about generosity. We talk like we don't do things for ourselves at the end of the day. Mm. Like we all live because we contribute something to each other. And just by being and giving the best of yourself that you can really help other people while also helping yourself. So like really living the passion Really living your passion, that's the best life you can have for yourself and for everybody around you.
0: So wise. I love it. Amazing, <laughs> Alice. Thank you for thank you for this interview. The last question uh, is the hardest one. What do you want to be
1: remembered for? Oh, um I actually don't want to be remembered. <laughs> that's a good answer too. <laughs> I'm not sure I I just I just want to do the best and I want I want what I do I want the project I do to make a difference in the life of people to help people I I don't think I care about me being remembered for anything but I just I just hope that the movie not just what I make but what other people make because I, I think I have a passion for telling stories because I heard so many stories that changed me, you know. Um, it, they matter, all the stories that, like there is something to get, like not just one story changed my life, but so many stories that I saw, movies, you know, books changed me. Mm. Um, so I, I really, my wish for me will be that I'm worthy to make stories that will change people's life you know. Beautifully said.
0: Alice yeah. Tufac, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We will see you on the 27th of September for Cinematoba, and we will watch Grand Frere. I'm not going to try and say it with a French accent because I, I butchered it, <laughs> but uh, uh, Alice Tufac, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and thank you for signing up for Cinematoba, and thank you for making Grand Frere. Thank you, little lad. Thank you, Alice, for the conversation today. This concludes our interviews with all five Cinematoba filmmakers. I hope you enjoyed these conversations, and I hope you check out their films. You can go to wpgfdn.org. All five films are now posted, and uh, yeah, let us know which one you enjoyed the most. All music on Because and Effect is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. Search Trenton Burton on Spotify to hear more of his new music. Cause and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. To learn more about the foundation, you can visit WPGFDN.org or by following us on social media at WPGFDN on all major social media platforms. I'm at Nolan Bicknell on social, and thank you for listening. And remember, a good brother is worth more than a thousand friends. Bye-bye.